In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio, live on Toginet.com. Co-hosted by Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Back, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women around the world. We'll cover everything military, from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder, to navigating government programs dealing with family issues, to the struggles of deployment, along with being a working mother, both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio, and here are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd today, and we have just a jam-packed show, Robin. <laughs> we sure do. I am just bursting with excitement, Sandra. I cannot wait to tell you about my weekend. Oh, all right, go ahead, go, because you have so much great things to share. I do, I do. Our family has grown over the weekend, and I have a son-in-law. My daughter married the most wonderful man, and I happen to have his mom on the phone to meet you. Donna, are you with us? I'm with you. Hi, this is Donna Poirier, Sandra, and she is my daughter's mother-in-law. That is so outstanding. I feel like I'm part of the family because I've been, you know, step-by-step step with everything. Ooh, we got the ring. Ooh, he hasn't proposed yet, you know, and it's been really just, it's been very exciting for all of us. <laughs> well, Donna is not only my daughter's mother-in-law, but she is a military mom. And yes, I am. I am just so excited to share about Ryan because he really is a tremendous guy, and we're so thrilled to have him part of our family. And having Donna part of the family, too. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. Yeah. Donna, tell us now um, where in, well, first of all, when did Ryan serve? He is a Marine. Yes, he is. Uh, he joined immediately after high school. And uh, that was his choice. He wanted to do it right away. Uh-huh. And he came home and, and dropped the bomb and said, here, guess what, Mom, kind of thing? Well, actually, we sort of figured he was military type. He had spoken about it uh, for years, that he wanted to join, and a lot of kids do, so we really didn't say anything. We decided to just let him make his own decision. Um, we did want him to go to school first, go to college, and his choice was, I want to join the military first, I want to do it now, and I'll go to school when I'm in the military, but uh, he was so busy and he was overseas, so that was really difficult. Sure. But... Um, we supported him, you know, whatever he wanted to do, and he went to all four uh, military branches and uh, chose the Marine Corps. Yeah, and I, I, I know he was um, deployed right away, wasn't he? Uh, well, he went for his basic training, and yeah. then uh, he was in California for a while, and then he oh. ended up going, going around to the Philippines and Australia and Korea. Mm -hmm. So he got to see a lot of the world. What was his division? Do you know what, what his division was? 
Well, he was in the amphibious vehicles. He chose amphibious vehicles for his military operational specialty, the MOS. They have a lot of acronyms, so we had to learn a lot of acronyms. <laughs> oh, we um, love the acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had to look up stuff. We'd write it all down, then we'd Google it and say, what, what is he saying? You know, so we wouldn't keep him on the line too long. But he loved uh, the tracks. He loved uh, driving them. They, they uh, would learn in different areas, like he was in uh, different bodies of water to learn how to to get in and out of the water, and uh, he learned how to take it apart and put it together. Um, he was really good. I mean, he was a great driver, and um, I think he really liked the amphibious vehicle. There were 26 tons of steel that he was in, so we felt that he was safe in that. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> That's what you need for every new driver. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just put them all from 16 on right in there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So when he he was away he when he was deployed he was gone for a, a long stint it wasn't like he would go for six weeks and then come home for a while was he he was no he was he was gone for a while and sometimes he would contact us and say you won't hear from me for a while I'm okay I can't tell you where I'm going and you know we understood that and then he, we would get a call you know it could be a month later or two months later and he was back and um, then they they used to have uh, they get called out but they never knew when or where it was always instant like you know he would know on a Saturday where he was going and he didn't even know he was going anywhere so they were always on call always ready to go um and of course we didn't know anything so that was difficult not knowing Mm -hmm. where he was but we just always believed he was safe and um you know he did come back to us so that Robin could uh, have him as a son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, you just did this for ratings. Come on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what 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 were some of the things that maybe you as a mom, did you have a network of, of other moms that you were able to uh, call or keep in touch with? Or did you hear from him? No, I didn't, but did you kind of thing? I actually didn't, and I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Um, when he joined, we had they have this large uh, dinner that they put on for everybody, and I wish I would have connected with some people then. But you're so it's so nerve wracking, you know. You're you know you're you're gonna lose them to the military within such a short time, and yeah. I wish I would have connected with some people. And we did go online, and you know I did contact his uh, recruiter if I needed information. But the internet was very helpful because we could go on there and find out. Uh, I don't know how much we could find out, but just the fact that, that we could have another source to look things up. Uh, but I actually didn't have anybody that I could talk to, and I wish I would have been able to connect with somebody because it makes you feel like you're not the only one, you know. And that is so true. I think mm-hmm. you do. You're not only are worried about your child being someplace where you, you're no longer able to protect them, but um, right. <clears throat> not able to sort of say, "Am I crazy because I'm pulling my hair out?" Or just having that that connection is really important. And that's oh, kind sure of is. one of the things that we're so grateful to be able to learn more and more about each week when we have different people on our show. Um, is that so many times we'll learn, oh, this blog is here or that resource is there or there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a connection here 24-7 you can call. And I think in this war, if you will, or uh, soldiers in this decade are so fortunate because I know in my husband's service there was not anything like this. There was no Internet. There was no phone calls. There was right. there wasn't anything like that. Yeah, that's true because my father was also a Marine, and when he left, they didn't hear from him until he came back. Yeah. 
Yeah. He went on all the tours. I mean, he was on Iwo Jima and, and all the uh, the big ones, and they had no clue, nothing. Just, you know, a letter occasionally that took, I'm sure, several weeks to get. Right. But now right. we, you know, these guys have cell phones, and when they have access to one, we can get a text or we can get a phone call. So it's so much better. And, and he did fly home a few times, so that was great. We got to see him during the four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was gone for four years total, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 2004 to 2008. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and they were, they felt like eight years, but it was only oh, four. <laughs> yeah. It really was. And then um, when he first came home, um, did he uh, have some, um, what, what is it called? And I, my mind just kind of took a, took a little diversion there, but he has been in the reserves or not? I don't believe he's, is he in well, the reserves? He still could be called back. They have four years that they could be called back. I see. Uh, but he didn't sign up for an actual reserve. I, yeah. I believe he's still considered uh, he's active, um, mm-hmm. and he can get called back. But um, we're hoping, obviously, that that doesn't happen because now he's newly married. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of interesting because I almost wondered if he would choose to wear his blues to be married in. And um, Emily said, no, no. I, yep, I, I don't think your daughter wanted that. I don't want him. And, and I thought yep. that was interesting. I know. I we never he, did talk about that. Yeah, and I think yep. it was that she was was worried that if he was wearing his uniform, it meant that he was going to leave her uh, for the service. And that Yeah, you know, I can almost away. understand. I can understand that. I think with Ryan, too, <clears throat> if he does wear the blues, he would have gotten his... Uh, you know, uh, short haircut, and he would have done everything he's supposed to do. When you're in uniform, you have to That's follow right. all the rules. He would have. So um, maybe if he had some of the guys around, you know, that were in the wedding party right. or something, he may have wanted to do that. But well, he never mentioned it. He never said he, he just wanted to marry your daughter. He didn't I- care. <laughs> And Sandra, it was the sweetest wedding. I don't think I've ever seen two people share more touching vows. Don't you? Oh, think I know. Anna? They were so sweet. When Emily read her vows to Ryan, he just looked at her right after she read them, and he looked at the uh, justice of the peace, and he said, "Can I just kiss her right now?" He just <laughs> couldn't wait to kiss her, and he said, "No, you have to wait." <laughs> that was so cute. It really, really was. And yeah, they a wonderful were just couple. Vows from the heart, and they just totally—they um, just were. Um, Glowing. I, I said yes. to somebody today, I was sending somebody a message, and I said that um, th- that smile of hers could have melted Alaska. I think she was oh, no kidding. So, They're just so happy together. I just so I love happy. seeing them together. Yeah. Now, you said your dad was in the service as well? Yes. He was a Marine? Yes, he was a Marine, and uh, my husband's dad was in the Navy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so we had uh, military, and also uh, my husband's uh, brother was a Marine, so we, we do have it in the family. I guess so. <clears throat> and yep. my dad was a Marine, so. Oh, wow. um, And actually, Ryan's picture is on our on our webpage with my dad's picture because they were oh. in the same division, actually. Oh, <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, it's www.militarymomtalkradio.com. And you oh, can okay. check out the uh, scrapbook page, and we have some of Sandra's dad who was in the Navy. And, oh, we do? Uh, we do. We're trying to uh, have a little scrapbook page because we really think that it's exciting to to have uh, have all of our extended family on there. There he is. I see him. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a handsome oh, guy. Huh? 
Well, Donna, I, I just couldn't wait to share the news, and I'm, we've got about a minute before we need to go to our commercial break. Uh, and Sandra, you've, you've seen pictures of the kids. Aren't they just oh, an awesome couple? Just a beautiful, just a beautiful wedding, I beautiful know. weekend. <laughs> we have our guys who are deployed from Okinawa or deployed to Okinawa in our house today, so we've got a house full over here. You had the oh, wedding wow. this weekend. It's oh, all a, just a great, great time. All good stuff. Well, Donna, we're going to talk with you another time, and I'm so glad to come, that you could come on and brag about Ryan. Thank oh, you. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. We're going okay, to you guys, we're going to, Robin, yeah. you going to take us to break? Yeah, either way. doesn't matter. We're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be back with, uh, with um, No Fuzzy Turn Manning. On Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system, keeping the home fires burning? That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. The Trick to Getting Published with your host, Florence Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Flo has seen it, done it, and now can share from her experiences as a newspaper staff reporter, feature writer, freelance editor, and college writing instructor. And now Flo has authored a system whereby her students enjoy a 90% success rate in attaining publication of their manuscripts for the first time. In just four years, she has over 800 of her own articles published in national magazines, newspapers, and anthologies. Author of several books, including the powerful memoir, The Sicilian Nobleman's Daughter, Florence has advised and edited professors, deans, PhDs, and hundreds of students' writings before submission. And now it's your turn. Join us Friday nights with your questions. Most of Flo's students say they've learned much and thoroughly enjoyed the journey. It's The Trick to Getting Published with your host, Flo Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is a marriage, family, and child therapist who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on the show and Juliana, check out her webpage, connectwithjulianainmedia.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Robin Boyd. And, Robin, we have a really interesting topic today. 
really interesting. I know. I'm so anxious to meet our guest. Well, and I think, you know, it's like so many people talk about, um, like, PTSD, and you really don't hear that much about PTS, and that's something that Fuzzy Manning is here to talk to us about, you know, the post-traumatic stress part, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm actually going to turn it over to him because this is some content that's really hard for me to explain, and I think he can do it best. But before he does, Fuzzy, are you on the line with us? I am. I am. How I'm are here. you today? Hi. Yeah. Great, great. Thank you for being with us. Could you give us a quick rundown um, as to who you are and um, and how you came to the the label of PTS versus PTSD? Uh, the quick rundown on me is that I've studied, practiced, and taught Ayurvedic, Chinese, and Aboriginal medicine in 28 countries over 30 years. I've been involved in what you could say is healing the invisible wounds and mending hearts. Those individuals that may not have outside scars or symptoms but are still suffering with either uh, mental, emotional, or physical issues in their lives. Um, If we want to look at post-traumatic stress versus post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic stress, I think a lot of us know what that's about, the trauma that happens in our lives, and we're overwhelmed, and it almost takes our breath away, and we're basically faced with fear throughout our lives. And... We have ongoing nightmares, night terrors, uh, traumatic events, just about anything sets us off, Uh, a smell, an odor, you know, a backfire in a car. The difference between that and post-traumatic stress disorder is that the government and the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies labeled it a disorder. Now they can get paid for it. Now they can provide medication, they can provide the surgery, and they can also do clinical therapy. They can label you with post-traumatic stress disorder. You're mentally defective. Hmm. And I think that's unfair to, to label the women and men both coming home back from combat Mm-hmm. with that, that the label, the stigmatism that you have, and you're faced with a life of uh, the stigmatism. Also, you're faced a life with um, being on the drugs or going back and forth and having ongoing therapy that never addresses the cause. Isn't that sometimes true uh, almost with any kind of stigma? If you, you're categorized by what you might have as, as a part of you but not, not the whole person. This is just one part of you and this is not labeling you. The, this is yeah, unfortunate. It's, it's almost like you're being labeled. You're, you're a teenager, so you, you, you steal a car. You want to go for a joyride. You're labeled as a thief. Or you, um, you're, you're, punk, you're, you're picked up for drunken and disorderly, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> driving under the influence. Mm, and, right. And, you know, you're more than the, the stigmatism or the situation or the event. Hmm. I don't know if we lost Sandra here. No, no, I'm here. Oh, I was okay. Just, um, I, I was just 
trying to figure out like there's all these different types of medicines like you know yeah. you've got you've got the allopathic which is the western medicine then you have the american psychiatric association yeah. involved yeah. then you have the pharmaceutical companies involved yeah. Who makes the final determination on what this is? Who makes the final determination? What's happened is, is the government, the VA, and the pharmaceuticals, and the insurance companies all lumped together and said there's money to be made on someone's pain and suffering. And we're not, we're not going to make just a little money. We're going to make a lot of money. Antidepressants in the United States now, $3.5 billion annually are spent on antidepressants. Hmm. 20% of the 30,000 suicides a year involve military veterans. That's 6,000 individuals commit suicide a year that are veterans. And isn't it too frustrating that, and this is a little commentary here, but that the insurance company will dictate what meds are going to be available to that person, not necessarily what meds are ideal for that situation. I know so many times a a medication will be prescribed, but it's not in your formulary, so therefore you can't have the medication. Or you're you're disqualified because either you're on a previous medication or that you have, um, say, a limb missing or that you have a closed head injury. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're going to find any way that they can to disqualify you. It's amazing, and 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 you are finding um, a, a lot of resources to sort of give people so that they are much more aware and sort of their own um, advocates. You're helping people be advocates. Is that correct? Yes, I I believe in collaboration versus competition. I think there's enough resources out there, but what's happened is not enough people know where to go to have a resource site so they can maybe find something that works for them. And that's what I've done at my website, uh, ptstreatment.com. I have two separate places for them. They can go to Veterans Corner, which provides them a tremendous amount of resources uh, for different things, either benefits or education, anything for their family. And also there's another side to it is Story Corner, where veterans and their family members can tell their story. And family members do have a story worth telling and worth listening to. And that has to be so reassuring to other families who maybe are not realizing what's happening or not realizing that um, they're not alone in all of this, that that there are other people and uh, what made you so passionate? What, where did your passion come from? I think my, my passion came from, uh, I served in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I kept seeing is my friends coming back, my schoolmates, and, and coming back and not welcomed back into the country and not respected from a sense of their service and what they did uh, overseas. And no one knew 
closed head injuries or anything about it. No one knew about it, a post-traumatic stress event. Right. Um, no one actually talked about um, being harassed or raped in the service. Everything was hush-hush. You didn't bring it up. And mm-hmm. the stigmatism was that uh, it was a carryover that, that the VA had from the uh, World War II and Korea, a stigmatism that if you went in, you would be poorly treated. Nobody wanted to go to the VA. Right, right. Well, and I let's, know. let's back up a minute here um, because we're talking about a subject um, that, uh, that you know, a lot of people have heard about but maybe are not familiar with. Fuzzy, can you go over... Um, what PTS is, just, you know, so that when we use that term and we talk about the stigma, uh, you know, to help our listeners identify it who might not be familiar. Um, What PTS usually occurs is you have a traumatic event that happens in your life. You're totally overwhelmed. You're, You're almost left breathless, and it's almost like you've gotten an electrical shock and and your, your your system goes numb, and you you just don't have a real good sense of balance, and just um, you don't know what to do. This can happen either in in armed combat, or it can happen first responders. This happens quite a bit. Policemen, firemen, those individuals they'll go in after uh, earthquakes or fires and find individuals, and they're just overwhelmed by the shock and the terror. That's post-traumatic stress versus, let's say, if you have a stressful event in your life, you're involved in a car accident, um, you're involved in an accident where um, you witness something else in your life, um, usually what will happen is you get over that. Post-traumatic stress, you have nightmares, you have night terrors, you have... uh, Things that just don't go away, uh, stressful events, situations. Uh, you start looking for um, the addictions, either drug, alcohol, or uh, other addictions, to cover that, to mask that, because the pain is so deep. I see. I see. And so, um, can this be? Can you get PTS from? Um, from repeated low-grade um, events, or does it have to be one isolated event, or can it, is it cumulative? And it, 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 it's cumulative. If if we look at what happens to policemen, firemen, ambulance drivers, it's cumulative over time. But there's usually one incident that really sticks in your mind that, okay. that kind of pushes you over the edge. Okay, I need to take us to break. Um, We have Fuzzy Manning with us, and he has a very um, unique and outstanding way to talk about PTS, which some of you think of PTSD. It's um, his definition of that after 30 years in the business of treating people with a wide variety of different techniques. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Military Mom Talk Radio, along with Robin Boyd, and we invite you to check us out on toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. Also, check us out on iTunes under Military Mom Talk Radio. If you want to head to our website, just go to militarymomtalkradio.com, and you'll find all our prior broadcasts.
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning. That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriended is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, Girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R, realize it is possible. E, embrace all relationships. A, advance through adversity. D, develop your significance. M, manage your health and wealth. Y, yield to your natural abilities. L, listen to your heart. I, invest in yourself. P, persist by taking small steps. And S, serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. Put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front. With help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Courtesy. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Robin Boyd, and we are welcoming Fuzzy Manning. And he is talking to us today about PTS, uh, post-traumatic stress and some alternative treatments that he offers and that he recommends uh, for the treatment of PTS. Um, and before we went on break, uh, Fuzzy, we were talking about the stigma of PTS. Yeah. And my question to you is, with the stigma, um, with, the, with the service member itself, there's also that translates over to their family and friends and people who don't understand um, what's going on or people that look at it in a different manner. So how do you treat the individual when this is something that clearly affects the family? Uh, great question, Sandra. What you end up doing, you have to treat the, the service man or, or service woman and the family is as a as one unit. All everybody is affected. Every member of the family. 
So what you're doing, you're peeling away the layers. You're seeing what's happening to the family members. You're seeing and interacting what's happening with the military personnel or servicemen or veteran. You're actually seeing how this is playing out in individual lives. Then you're able to sit down and say, okay, how do we approach this and how do we approach a solution that works for everybody? You just can't go in there car blanche and just go with plan A or plan B. It doesn't work. You have to tailor every solution to every family member and every veteran or service personnel. Well, and everybody has brings their like own own issues to the table with something like this. And do you find that in the treatment um, of one family member that issues come up with additional family members? Yes. What I found out is that people bring in baggage from previous family members or previous generations um, with solutions or issues or problems, and it's and it's peeling away the layers and finding out where they're coming from, what are their issues, what do they want to see accomplished, and are are they patient enough to understand that this is a process and not a destination, that it's going to take time because you have to unweave all of this because it's become so bound up, it's become so emotional. Now, when you have, you know, I was thinking about, you know, like in so many cases, you know, you've got family members, multi-generational family members in the military. You know, Grandpa was in the military, Dad was in the military, now I'm in the military. How does that affect the diagnosis and treatment of, uh, like, a soldier returning today with PTS? Does the Grandpa go, oh, you know, that's nothing, or, you know, has it changed over generations? I, I think what it's done is, is changed over generations how we look at that, how we interact with that, and how we respect and honor what they've gone through. The, the situations or elements or ways of treating it in the past no longer work today. We have to approach it differently. We have a different society. We have different issues that are going on today. And what I do in, in family therapy and also group therapy, I help people to realize everybody's seeing this, this one situation differently. How can we come about and identify that all of us see it differently and that maybe all of us need to have a different approach to a solution that works for me, for them, and for all of us? I think that it's interesting, Fuzzy. I'm noticing that you have uh, studied in many countries, and I'm wondering how has uh, maybe some other cultures lent um, to the the practice that you do today? Thank you very much. I appreciate the question. What's happened over time is a lot of these countries haven't had all of the, the drug interactions, haven't had all this advanced science. What they did was rely on interaction with individuals, family members, and studying how individuals interact on a daily basis. And through colds, flus, different diseases, broken legs, broken arms, pregnancies, 
what they've done is compiled a tremendous amount of data, how the body functions. And what they do is have used this over the periods of thousands of years. And if we look at a lot of countries around the world that have lower heart disease, uh, lower cancer rates, and, and longevity, and we start looking at, at the United States, we're probably 35th or 36th on, on the scale of being healthy. So, so if, we just, if we start looking around, other people may have some information, some insight for us. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine that, that that's really given you some insight. And, and the practices that their cultures perhaps deal with a stressful situation, very different from ours, I'm sure. One plus two is just men, women, and children deal with the same situation differently. Oh, well, that's true. And, and it's what's happened with uh, women specifically in the military now is that they're, they're placed under fire. Uh, they're expected to um, do whatever it takes to get the job done or the mission um, and, and be harassed. And, and, and what happens so often is a sexual assault. So they're, they're asked to, okay, just forget about it and, and just suck it up and just go do your job. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think every, um, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that um, in, in your service time, coming home was a lot different than, say, the World War II guys and, and the, the soldiers that are coming back now. Very, very different, and I think that also must impact um, the way you would um, approach a family who is who is dealing with this too, because probably you're finding some people with some latent issues that had been suppressed for so many years. Is that correct? Yes, it just, there's so many latent issues out there. When I started looking around doing some data research, I found out that there's a there's 150,000 Vietnam vets on the street homeless. How many? 130,000. 130,000. On the streets homeless, Vietnam vets. They're That's 80, a lot. That's a they're 80% of the homeless on the streets. And there's 60, according to the VA, there are 6,500 women vets on the street homeless. And is and you wonder is this by because their jobs are are they're not able to find jobs or they're not able to find resources or um, you're kind of wondering where where this kind of statistic would 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 be coming from. And I think it's it's, it's a combination, Sandra, of, of so many different things. It's it's a combination of the VA not being up to date on on resources and and providing services for the returning veterans, mm-hmm. and servicemen, and, and and not treating them, denying them service in a sense of the resources. Also, uh, family members uh, having to shy away from them, you know, you're just coming home from the military, you know, you got some rough language, mm-hmm. and you've you, you got a crappy attitude, and it's interacting back into civilian life. 
Okay. And there again, that's where you're helping a family versus helping an individual probably yeah. comes right into play because it is um, learning how to deal with a different person when they're when when you come home. Well, it's living with a different person, and and so many family members tell me that I got I got have I have a time bomb that's sitting at my dinner table or in my yeah. living room, and I I don't know how to relate to them. You know, do I go up and hug them and, and kiss them and tell them I love them? Or do, do I just kind of stay away and just hopefully they won't go off? Yeah. Do you find that you have um, some of the people who come to you for therapy very receptive at first, or is it that their their family is dragging them in there saying, you got to talk to this guy because we can't live with him anymore? Or are they realizing and they're coming to you themselves and then um, you're able to to um, talk with the whole family? It's, it's really mixed, Sandra. It's, I'm seeing so many different aspects of the, the individual servicemen or servicewomen coming in, wanting help and assistance, families wanting help. What do we do with them? You know, can't we just medicate them? Can't we just make this go away? Mm-hmm. And it's helping individuals realize that it won't go away right away, and it may never go away altogether. Mm-hmm. How, how can we manage the different phases? How can we manage the different episodes and and do it day by day, and yeah. how how do we step through that process? It, it would be no different than if you were dealing with an alcoholic or a drug addict in a twelve step program. It's taking one step at a time, realizing that we need to get a different perception and different awareness of who we are, what happened to us, yeah. and what it takes to make that change or that shift. And I'm sure it, the the timing is different for every every single one. Fuzzy, we're going to go to another break, um, and we'll be back for our final segment in just a moment. We're here with Fuzzy Manning today, and he is uh, giving us some very interesting insight on um, uh, PTS treatment. We are on Military Mom Talk Radio today, and you can find us on Toginet on MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. And um, you can also catch our podcasts on iTunes. We hope we'll be back to um, listen to our final segment when I think we'd like to talk probably a little bit more about some of the impact that you've had, Fuzzy, on some of your successes. So we'll be back in a moment after these messages. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. Season Me is on Toginet, a delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not-so-serious call-in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. You know Cease is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven, Gifted Hands, When a Man You Loved Was Abused, and many other books, as well as a mentor for writers. And Twyla Belk is an effervescent force known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. She's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on God. 
For more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy, that's P-H-E-Y dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Season Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcome. A chance to get everything out in the open. From questions about writing to surviving sexual abuse to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Season Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. The Way of the Toddler with hosts Lita and Lori Hamilton is a show unlike any other parenting program you've ever heard. Zen Masters in Diapers? Yes. Join us Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central here on Toginet as we celebrate parenthood as a spiritual path for a journey to inner peace. With thought-provoking and spiritually compelling guests, each week Lita and Lori will explore how our children help us with the lessons we came here to learn, adding deeper meaning to our lives and relationships while giving you valuable gems to add to your unique parenting toolkit. Check out the website, thewayofthetoddler.com. With great humor and honesty, Lita and Lori will demonstrate how inner peace is possible even when surrounded by poopy divers and piles of laundry and what we can learn from the innate wisdom and natural spirituality of our Zen masters and diapers. It's The Way of the Toddler with Lita and Lori Hamilton. Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, here on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front. With help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hey, Military Mom. This is Sandra Beck, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Robin Boyd, and we are talking about post-traumatic stress today with Fuzzy Manning. Uh, Fuzzy, I want to lift the the level of the show a little bit to a more positive light for our final segment. And let's talk about... Um, you know, we talked about the stigma. We talked about how it affects families. We talked about, you know, the different generational differences. What are some things that can that we can do, that we can do to make a difference in the treatment of our service personnel as well as any family members listening today? Thank you, Sandra. I appreciate that. Uh, what we can do is, number one, is, is sit down and listen listening for what they're saying and not saying, listening in in between and just knowing that individual and realizing that their pain is so deep, their discomfort is so deep, they may not be able to express what they want, when they want, or the way that they want. And it's and it's over time listening to them and, and being open and being receptive and knowing that they're going through this tremendous amount of pain and working with them and understanding and, and taking the time to listen more effectively. What have your what have you been hearing from families after they have uh, been processing with you? What I've heard is that they've been able to help the the, the service personnel and veterans deal with a lot of different issues that 
they're dealing with is, is their drug addiction, uh, their obesity, high stress levels, depression, alcoholism, uh, violent outrages. They're able to, to sit down and work through that with them, realizing that they see the individual as, as, as not being whole, having these invisible wounds and having a broken heart. What can I do? I can't get at their level. I can't get violent. I can't. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting back and saying, "How do I approach this differently?" I approach it very calmly, very succinctly, and go through a path. This is what I'm observing you doing. This is the behavior I, I'm observing. This is the mannerisms. And it, are you seeing the same thing? You're mirroring back to the individual. Because in the middle of the rage, the veteran doesn't know what's going on. All they're knowing is, is that the pain is just overwhelming them. They need to do something. Hmm. Now, what would somebody do? Like, we have a lot of service members that are from small rural towns. and yeah. You know, they might not be in a position to get to one of the bigger demographic or bigger um, areas that can service them, what are what are some recommendations that you can give our listeners today? I, I think what they need to do is, is search out those individuals that can provide online therapy, online counseling uh, for servicemen, uh, servicewomen, and families. You know, it just... Just like what I've done is I've set up, in a sense, if you if you have a phone line, if you have internet, you can reach me. I do, I do everything online, conference calls, Skype. You you have to find out if someone has a service and is a service provider that they have to make themselves available to you nationally and internationally. I'm dealing with individuals now in Germany, the UK, and in Turkey. Through Skype. American? Now, is that because you can see yes. each other? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's a phone call. It's basically, you're using a phone. Basically, it's a, it's a video phone call. And there are service personnel living in those countries mm-hmm. that, are, that are dealing with post-traumatic stress. Are you dealing with mostly veterans, people who are finished, or are you actually finding that you're, um, you have some people who are still serving? I'm, there, I, I, yes, thank you. Um, I'm dealing with individuals still in the service. Uh, there's a great film out now. It's just, it's just coming out for um, release. It's called The Welcome. And it was done in Ashland, Oregon. Mm. Uh, they, I think they have it the 9th of April is their, their public debut. Uh, I just got that uh, the other day and reviewed it. Um, and, it's, and it's great because what it identifies is that we start involving community. Community has a tremendous relationship in welping, welcoming and respecting and having our service personnel that are veterans and are service providers that are active back into the community however long they're going to stay. Mm. It, 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 it's almost like uh, the same concept that it takes a community to raise a child. It takes a community to heal a veteran or mm-hmm. a service member. Mm. 
an interesting concept, isn't it? Hmm. So, um, Fuzzy, what, what, um, what, if you could give advice, um, you know, like you've got you, three things you can tell a family member or a service member about PTS, and you can give them those three gifts of wisdom, what would you give them? I, I think number one is uh, understand and appreciate uh, what the veteran or active duty personnel have gone through. Be patient and accepting of them. Be open to listen. And two would be start seeking out some solutions that are out of the box. Don't rely on the American Medical Association. Don't rely on the VA. Are there other alternatives? Are there other solutions out there? Don't be afraid to look. And three is that find something that's going to work for you and your servicemen, servicewomen, active duty veteran, whoever they are. Find something that works for you that you can work with the therapist or the provider, service provider to have it integrate into your lifestyle, your thought process. Because I deal with grandpas and grandmas and aunts and uncles and three- and four-year-old children. They don't have a clue. All they know is mommy and daddy is really mean to Mm. me, and I don't like it. Have you had a chance to share your methodology with other clinicians, say, in um, workshops or or whatnot, Um, if if you are finding success in what your approach is? Are you able to spread the the wealth, so to speak? I I wish I could say there's success. What's happened is that uh, in in mending hearts and in healing invisible wounds, so much of what our society has been taught and integrated into the uh, American um, or Western um, uh, way of looking at things. You know, either you need drugs or surgery or that you're, you're labeled uh, by clinical therapy, by uh, a, a means of, well, it, we're going to call it a disease, a disorder, or uh, something that needs to be fixed. And and we'll, we'll just medicate you or label you. And I'm coming in, let's take off the labels, let's throw away the labels, and treat the individual as a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, one, and number two is that... This is not this is not a, a a progressive thing where it's going to get worse. It may be there for life, but what we do is help the individual process through it, knowing there's there's a different day after day after day, and you're going to lessen the effect on the body, mentally, physically, and emotionally, and you're going to actually teach them, teach the family members how to process through this, they're all going to go through it together. Mm, and there it is. And and I think at that point where the operative word is alternative because it is something that isn't in the general mainstream of, of uh, clinical treatments, and I yeah. think that's what's so important. Fuzzy, we've had such an interesting show, and I want you to please give, uh, give your website one more time. 
so people know where you are. It's at ptstreatment.com, and if you wanted to send me an email, that would be at ptstreatmentgmail.com. That is as simple as can be. Fuzzy, thank you so much. Thank you so much, ladies. Appreciate it, both of you. Sandra, this was really interesting. And you have a house full, you said. You said you have some people from Okinawa. I do. I do. Sally's owners are back in the States. Um, they've come, they come back once or twice a year depending on, um, the situation. And, and John, who's stationed in Okinawa, is gotta be in Ohio. So, wow. <laughs> Ohio's pretty close to California. When and we should looking... let everybody know who, Sa- who Sally is. Oh, Sally's my dog. Well, Sally's my, my foster dog. dog. Your foster dog. <laughs> my foster dog. Foster, um, so she's been with us two years when they got deployed to Okinawa two years ago, um, and the Sally's little boy owner, Aiden, is my son Max's best friend, so they are in Boy Scouts together, and they do Boy Scouts in Okinawa, and we do Boy Scouts here, and we're, um, we do some pack changing and things like that on Skype. It's really fun, and um, we're so happy that uh, we can be together today, and I think of you and the wedding this weekend, and I get Jackie, John, and Aiden for the weekend. It's been really just a blessed, blessed weekend, I think, for both of us. I think so, too. So awesome. We we really are fortunate. We've had a wonderful day. and We have. Uh, let's <laughs> This is what, we're just too happy to do a show today. My name I is Sandra know, Beck. I, I am know. the host of Military oh. Mom Talk Radio along with Robin Boyd, and we will be back next week. Uh, I don't know who our guest is next week, but you should tune in anyway. <laughs> Bye, Sandra. <laughs>